your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. episode 443 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by our sister show Locked On NHL, where they are doing a massive top 50 NHL player special these past few weeks. And this week, we're, they're going to be counting down from the 20th best to the first best as voted on by all of us. So make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NHL podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get that episode and then we can have this massive argument about how the NHL network hosts were wrong about all of our rankings. But in the meantime, this is Locked On Canadians and we've got so much to discuss today. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined as always by Scott Matla, also known as one of the Habs Eyes on the Prize experts. Scott, how are you doing today? One, calling me an expert at everything after I lost to my seven-year-old nephew in a card game tonight is a very bold, bold strategy strategy to be quite honest with you, but uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm enjoying the first of my three days off this week before football season starts. So I can't complain too much. And the one thing is that we might be able to complain about a little bit is the Montreal Canadiens decided not to match the offer sheet that the Carolina Hurricanes had tendered to yes, Barry Kotkaniemi for one year at $6.1 million. That makes sense in the short run. In the long run, we still don't know. And I've seen a lot of people on both sides of the fan base say this was a huge mistake by the Montreal Canadiens and Kotkaniemi is going to be a $6 million player in the near future. And then I've seen other people saying that they never thought that he was ever going to amount to anything. And I think the truth is we just don't know. I myself am on the record as saying that I thought that Yasperi Kotkaniemi does have the potential to attain that $6 million a year as a center, as a top top six center. And I'm not going to go back and say and lie. I can't lie. I can't go back and say I never thought he was going to amount to anything. I can't lie and say that I thought he was going to be a bottom six player all along. That's not the truth. The truth is that I thought that he had a lot of potential and I am kind of bummed. You know, I am sad. I thought he was a great personality. I thought he was a kid with a lot of potential. I was rooting for him because of all the naysayers and I'm still going to root for him to achieve something, but not because I want the Canadians to be wrong, but because he's a young player with a lot of potential. And I think that I, I really do think that it is possible that he'll attain it if his development is right. And I'm not about to turn around and say, no, I always knew that this was a huge mistake by the Canadians, or I'm not also going to blindly defend them. I thought this was a calculated decision that I wish personally they never had to make. Like if I'm mad at anybody or anything in this situation, it's the Carolina Hurricanes for bringing it into existence. You know, without that, the Canadians were going to give Kotkaniemi a bridge deal. There was going to be a lot of back and forth about his development and whether they were doing it right or wrong and whether he was going to attain his potential. And eventually one of those two things was going to happen. Either the Canadians would have blown his development or he would have attained his potential and he would have been a center in the Montreal Canadiens organization for a long time. So am I bummed to see him go? Yes. Do I think this is the right decision? In the short term, it absolutely makes sense. In the long term, I don't know. I'm not about to call it. It's impossible to know until we've seen the next five years of his career. So I don't want to be one of those Canadiens fans that 
has come down either way. Some people are determined to think everything Mark Bergevin does is wrong. Some people are determined to uh, defend the organization at all costs. And I think that that's just not how it is. And some people are also determined to constantly straddle that line. I'm not straddling that line right now. I'm just saying, I don't know what's going to happen, but I will say that I am bummed to see him go. Yeah. My, my whole thing with this is that it's the losing of a first round pick, a top three overall pick is, is a tough pill to swallow. I wrote an analysis piece for eyes on the prize about it. And it's, I, I, I'm going to wrestle with it for a while because if Kotkaniemi thrives, it's an indictment of the Canadians' development system, something we've talked about a lot. They're getting better, but they're still ways off from where they need to be. And we'll talk a little bit about Christian Dvorak in the next segment, but Mark Bergevin made this follow-up trade immediately because it fills in that spot with somebody can trust there. And I don't blame Kotkaniemi for signing that signing the offer sheet, it's three times his worth. And you're going to a system that uh, has a strong development core to it. And the funny part to me is that he's not going in as a center though, because they don't have the space for it. He's going in as a left winger right now, which kind of makes me laugh that you're paying a lot of money for someone who didn't play particularly well on the wing when he was there. So it's just the strangest situation in which a lot of people are going. No one really knows why it happened. We'll find out more about that on our next episode with our guest. But across the board, it just kind of seems like a joke that got a little bit out of hand, I guess, so to speak. I I don't know. I, I'm Now that the dust has settled a bit, I'm okay with where the Canadians are at in terms of their center depth. But it's far from what you want and things beyond just the NHL roster right now. And you can kind of cherry pick contexts as well, right? So a lot of people are trying to look at this as Kotkaniemi for Dvorak and what that means. And a lot of people are just talking about how Mark Bergevin or the Canadians were never going to give Kotkaniemi what he needed in terms of development. A lot of people have decided that this means that Kotkaniemi is selfish and only out for himself. And it was pretty clear from the call that he had with the media and uh, Arpen Basu, Eric Engels, John Liu have some uh, have recorded a lot of the, the, the quotes and stuff like that and have written their thoughts about this. And it was pretty clear that Kotkaniemi himself was not happy with his development. And multiple times he avoided the question until he was asked it again. And he finally gave the answer. And it's he just he wasn't happy with the way the Canadians were tre- treating him in his development. And. There's also schools of thought that are about that, that are also that, that this is wrong, right? I mean, uh, Jason Paul, uh, who has written an, an article, it was it's actually an article from May, uh, and we will discuss it actually tomorrow with our guest as well, because our guest alluded to it uh, in her piece about this. And so, you know, is it really a question of development? Is it really Kotkaniemi? Is it really like much was made about all the line mates that he had and all of that? And so we'll take a, a deeper dive into that on tomorrow's segment. I just think that in today's world right now, you can cherry pick the context and come up with the argument and be right. Uh, but you have to look at the whole picture. And we're not going to know until, you know, three, four or five years from now how Kotkaniemi turns out. As for our special guest tomorrow, uh, she covers the Carolina Hurricanes. And we are going to be talking to her about why would Carolina do this? What is expected of Kotkaniemi in that situation? The article that she wrote about what Kotkaniemi 
means to the Carolina Hurricanes organization. And we are going to ask her, was this straight up a joke that got out of hand? But in the meantime, we've got a new player on the Montreal Canadiens that we want to talk about. We do, we will talk more about Kotkaniemi and Vorek as time goes on and all the news pieces that are going on in the NHL right now. In the meantime, the first thing that we're going to talk about next is Christian Dvorak, the, the new Montreal Canadian that they traded for from Arizona. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, it is that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus with our promo code LOCKEDON. That's right. If you go to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and deposit, let's say, $200, you're going to get $100 to play with as a welcome bonus if you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day Super Promo, which is to make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. This is for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget that promo code is locked on. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts, who have more tools and more time, and you don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be one on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on and sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. As we said, we're going to talk a lot more about Kotkaniemi in tomorrow's episode, but we've got big news as well. The Montreal Canadiens were able to allow Kotkaniemi to walk and get the picks as compensation because they knew that they were going to get Christian Dvorak from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for potentially one of those picks. It's a little bit of a complicated trade, but Mark Bergevin himself said that knowing that they could get Dvorak they were confident in allowing Kotkaniemi to walk. So the way it works is that if either Montreal or Carolina finishes in the top 10, which means that Montreal has a top 10 pick, they'll give Arizona the worst pick and the other way around. So like if neither one ends up with a top 10 lottery pick, then they'll get the better pick. So like, let's say Montreal 
ends up picking at 11th and Carolina ends up picking at 21st, then Arizona gets that 11th pick. But if Montreal ends up at ninth <laughs> and, and, and Carolina ends up like 13th or whatever, then Arizona gets that 13th pick. Essentially, it's protected for the top 10 in the lottery. That's all it's protected for. But either way, Arizona gets a pick in 2022 and a pick in 2024 in exchange for Christian Dvorak and some people are underwhelmed with this trade. Some people saw it coming because the rumors have been floating around for an entire week or maybe even longer. Uh, and some people are kind of underwhelmed. But I was actually very, very pleasantly surprised to see a lot of the stats on him. Uh, Jay Fresh Hockey put something up. And also Elliot Friedman said people who are knocking him haven't watched him closely over the past couple of seasons. This is a special player. And he's really good. And a lot of pe people also alluded to his line mates are going to be better in Montreal than they were in Arizona. So I'm feeling quite positive about this about this uh, acquisition. What about you, Scott? I, I wrote this in my article for Eyes on the Prize is that I went Christian Dvorak gives them an NHL ready top six center, something that they hoped Jesperi Kotkaniemi could be this year. And I think if they're going for it, and that is truly what I believe they're doing, is that they are going for it as best they can now, they needed a guaranteed thing. And his career high in the NHL is 38 points. He has a high of 18 goals, a career high of 22 assists. Arizona has not been very good, though. So as you alluded to, uh, his line mates last year weren't great, but the year before that, when he was playing a lot with Connor Garland, Taylor Hall, volume shooters play best with him. And it's a good thing in Montreal. There's a ton of them. And I can immediately start seeing Brendan Gallagher being the line mate that goes well with him. They can play those tougher minutes. Dvorak took a lot of defensive zone draws for the Coyotes. And now it's just a matter of finding someone else out there because if assuming Caulfield and Toffoli are with Nick Suzuki or maybe it's Jonathan Drouin and Tyler Toffoli is down there, that second line, that top six line, whatever we want to call it, is going to be back together. I'm excited to see what Dvorak can do. He's not crazy flashy. He'll put up points and be consistent uh, I just hope people aren't expecting the same results as like Philip Deneau got as a defensive center. I think their plan is to kind of spread those out a bit now between Ryan Paling, Christian Dvorak, Jake Evans, and try to free up Suzuki as much as they can for offensive zone time. But out of everything that could have happened, this is probably the best result. They didn't overpay and sell the farm for Jack Eichel, which do not get me wrong, still would love Jack Eichel in a Canadian's uniform. The one sticking point for me is that the Canadians do not cannot trade their other first round pick. If they have, if they want to do another offer sheet, if they want it, whatever they want to do, they cannot do that until the draft order is confirmed. Like if Carolina misses the playoffs and the Habs make it, then they can do whatever they want. But right now, they don't have that first round pick in play, which kind of complicates things if they want to make an in-season trade. But in his almost 10-year tenure now, uh, Mark Bergevin, this is the first time he's traded a direct first round pick for someone. He's never, he's traded first round picks as players, but never first round picks. And that to me is actually pretty nuts to look at, especially for how long that he's been here. Yeah, that is quite unexpected. And a lot has been made as well of like the, the people that they have picked 
with uh, a first round pick and then allowed them to leave the organization, whether it was trade or whatever. I personally do think it's a bit steep, but either way, you know, Montreal had their eye on someone and the other team had the leverage. And all in all, I, I do think it's a little bit, I don't even know if it's a little bit steep. I don't think I would call it steep, but it's exactly like you said, they've kind of locked themselves into a situation now that gives them a lot less flexibility than they've had previously. Personally, I do know that the Toffoli Suzuki Caulfield line had so much chemistry last season, but this is a whole new season. And I personally like him better on that line with Gallagher and, uh, and Dvorak simply because I like his two-way game a lot better than anyone else you would put on there. Uh, but you don't know, right? Like you, you, you can't really decide that there's going to be a lot of changes that happen through training camp in the first few weeks of the season. I do expect they will start that Suzuki line intact first um, and then see what happens. But I, I feel a lot more positive now than I did last week when the offer sheet had happened. I'm not going to stop being upset with the Carolina Hurricanes for orchestrating this, but I do think that, you know, I, and, and, as I said, I'm going to go on the record. I am bummed to see Kat Kanyemi go, but with the explicit uh, caveat that I don't know how he's going to turn out. I just think he has that potential. And, you know, I, like I, I, I can't pretend that I don't. I can't pretend that I'm not sad. But at the same time, I think that this would have been a good move for Montreal. Say the whole Kat Kanyemi thing hadn't even happened and there was no Kat Kanyemi on this team. Let's say they had picked somebody else that hadn't really worked out or was a winger or a defenseman or something like that. And they were in need of a center because Philippe Dano had left the organization. I still think that this would have been a good move for them. Like acquiring Vorak was a good move for the Montreal Canadiens, especially if you look at his cap hit too as well. And I think that he's established exactly like you said. Anytime you get an established NHLer and you get them for a relatively decent price uh, for a decent term as well, his term and his, his contract are great in context. So I do think that this is a good move in a vacuum for the Montreal Canadiens. And I'm excited to see what happens and when I say excited I don't mean you know it's exactly like a lot of the insider said like you're not expecting flash you're not expecting you know showiness you're not expecting a show but you know that the person is reliable and makes the team better when he's on the ice and also plays really tough competition I think that's really really important to note especially in a division that the Canadians are in this season I had one last thing to add on Dvorak is that he is going to be a very useful power play piece now instead of the Canadians just throwing out whomever on the second unit and hoping it works. Dvorak has known strength there and gives them a lot more opportunities to create things instead of just relying on Nick Suzuki all the time down the middle. Dvorak allows them to have a a better looking second unit and it's going to be interesting to see what they do because obviously Shea Weber's out. You're down someone like Corey Perry and You've got more bodies now to get out there around that, but he should, this should, and I know I've said this so many times, with the addition of Mike Hoffman, full-time Cole Caulfield, and now someone like Christian Dvorak, there's a very good chance the Canadians' power play should be so much more improved than what we saw last year, at least assuming they've kind of pulled their head out of their butt after some of the mess that we saw over the course of the last two and a half years. And on that note, (laughs) 
um, there's some other news tidbits that we want to discuss that have been going around, going on around the NHL, and that is coming up in just one moment. But first, remember that Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it's delicious, and we are fueled by it, whether we have it for breakfast. I've lately started working out and actually... What happened was I did not have a built bar. I did not have any built products and I did not bother to, to recover after a great workout with my trainer. And that was on Thursday. We're recording this on Monday night and I'm still in a lot of pain. So remember everybody, get your protein, fuel your workouts properly. Built bar will do that. And they're delicious. They're, they literally taste like a candy bar. It's a treat. It's very high in protein, very low in sugar, always made with real chocolate. And they are low in calorie if that's something that you care about. They've got 18 delicious flavors, plus they've got special flavors going on every once in a while. Just check out built.com. And if you want to try anything on there, whether it's that 18 bar mix box, so you know every what every flavor tastes like, or if you want to gra- take advantage of one of their special limited edition flavors or get any of the other built products on there, like I should have done before my workout last week, then you can go to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That is Locked 15 at built.com and you'll get 15% off your order. So as it often happens with Locked On Canadians, we dropped our Friday episode and then a whole bunch of news happened. So we'll start with what happened after we had recorded our mailbag episode, and that is the NHL and NHLPA came to an agreement about how to deal with vaccine and COVID protocols for the upcoming season. And then the other piece of news that I know a lot of people are excited about is the NHL, the NHLPA, and the IIHF have come to an agreement, and the the NHL players will be participating in the Olympics unless a couple of things happen, like the couple of contingencies, for example, the games get canceled or postponed because of COVID, uh, or they all get COVID and can't go. Uh, or, uh, if the NHL season is disrupted, is disrupted to a point that they could not make up the games except for the Olympic break, then the NHL players won't go. But otherwise it's all looking good. They've decided who's paying for the insurance and they've decided that it's going to happen. They're going to go to Beijing. They've talked about charter planes. They've basically got all their ducks in a row and they've agreed. And it's most likely going to happen unless the pandemic, uh, puts a stop to it or puts a damper on it. And lots of people are excited about that. But first, the season has to go take place. It has to start. It has to take place. And they've decided on some vaccine, uh, vaccination and COVID protocols, as we had reported earlier, or as we had discussed earlier, they reported that uh, everybody who would come within 12 feet of a player, (laughs) so any kind of support staff organization would be required to be vaccinated. And as for the NHL players themselves, Unvaccinated players are facing stiffer penalties for uh, all kinds of things. For example, if it is found to be that an unvaccinated player was the cause of an outbreak 
or if the unvaccinated player cannot travel, because right now there are agreements between the U.S. and Canada uh, about whether or not you can be allowed in, whether you're vaccinated or not, or things like that, um, then you lose uh, pay for all the days you don't play and you don't participate. And that is a a pretty strict penalty for unvaccinated players. They're uh, expecting and hoping that... uh, as many players are going to be vaccinated as possible. From what we can tell, a lot of them have been already because they have discussed it uh, in the past, like over the course of the playoffs and when the border opened or when, uh, sorry, when the NHL came to an agreement between the U.S. and Canada for uh, for cross-border travel for the uh, for the Canadians to go and play in the uh, in the semi-final what, what did we call it we called it the semi-final uh and then the final <laughs> and all of that so we know that they are going to be there are going to be some strict protocols the other thing too is that it's going to be kind of like a vax passport system but in the reverse so if you are an unvaccinated player uh, and you're on the road you can't go anywhere except for where the team is you can't you can't leave your room you can't go wander around you can only pick up food you can't go to the restaurant with your teammates uh, and you can't partake in the uh, hotel gyms and things like that uh, for training and all of that if you are unvaccinated. You basically are confined. Uh, you're very limited. It's, it's kind of like Quebec now because you can't, you can't sit down at a restaurant now. You have to get takeout. You can't go to a gym. You can't, you, know, you can't do any of these things. So this is going to be in effect for all players who are unvaccinated. And I think that it is a pretty strict and robust uh, vaccination protocol from what I can tell from what I've been reading. Elliot Friedman had the initial report uh, and uh, actually Mike Russo of The Athletic as well had uh, he, he had the report before it was confirmed. And then Elliot Friedman had the detail after it was confirmed. Uh, and uh, you know what? I, I, I can't say anything about this. Like we had one listener that was really upset with us a few weeks ago when we said that all the players should be vaccinated. And I don't want to put that reader on blast or that listener on blast because I don't want people piling on them, but I completely disagree. The NHL and the NHLPA are both doing what it takes to preserve the health and safety of their players and their staff. And I can't argue with that. Yeah. I, I kind of look at it this way is that if the more people who are vaccinated in playing in this league, the less chance we go through the interruptions and the headaches and the danger it poses to players and coaches and fans and families, so many other things, not just the players, but all those around them. And then that like this continues that if everyone's vaccinated, it makes hurdles like the Olympics and international games and all this other stuff so much less of a headache because we know what we're dealing with in this and that if they cause an outbreak and they start finding them or suspending them or whatever it is good. Like at this point it's happening in the NFL. We see players who aren't getting vaccinated uh, being placed on COVID reserve or suspended without pay or scratched from games or whatever right now. And sooner or later, if it hits you in the pocket, you learn your lesson. It's as simple as that. It's, I don't think their teams are asking much to do one simple thing to make sure these seasons, which they got through. Well, I don't want to say they got through last year. Well, they did not. It was a disaster on a lot of different levels in a lot of different States, but to help avoid that again and get hockey back to normal. So you can get as many fans in the building as possible. We can get back to a normal way of life. You're they're being asked to get two shots. It's not that great of a sacrifice. And I do think 
the long-term benefits for so many other things make that worthwhile. I don't know how the players don't see that. And from kind of what I understand, the vaccination rates in hockey are pretty good so far. They're over the threshold they're looking for, but obviously not a hundred percent, at least not yet anyways. Right. And, and the thing is the NHL is a private business, right? And they do have opt out. You can opt out, I think by October 1st. So if you are, if you yourself are vaccinated, but you're worried about an immunocompromised person that you could be uh, affecting by, by playing, you know, in this COVID era, then you do have the option to opt out. And uh, the, and if you don't want to get vaccinated, you do have the option to opt out and you won't get paid. Either your contract rolls over to the next year or it just gets removed from the season entirely. So you lose a year of pay or you defer a year of pay. Um, and I think that's entirely fair. It's your choice. If you want to work, you have to abide by the business's rules. And if you, if you choose not to, well, then you just don't get paid. A lot of employers are doing that. And quite frankly, it's a private business. It's not, it's not the government is not forcing you to do this. And, you know, a lot of people are like, you can't force me and all of that. No, they can't force you to get vaccinated, but they can say you can't work for them. That is well within their rights. It's, and it's in, and the, also the, an argument was that, you know, it wasn't approved by the FDA or whatever. Now it is. So now a lot of companies, once it got that approval, uh, put in that mandate and uh, personally, you know, I got the vaccine, Scott got the vaccine, we're still alive, we haven't grown a different arm out of our heads. Uh, we feel a lot more protected going out in public uh, in this COVID time. And we're seeing what's happening with, with, you know, people, people who are unvaccinated are by and large suffering a lot more uh, of the hospitalizations and the deaths than the people who are vaccinated. And so for me, I think anything that keeps the population safe and keeps everybody around you safe is a responsible thing to do. And that's also why I don't really want to give a lot of voice to anti-vax. Uh, you know, like people were upset with us when we came out pro-vaccination, but I, you know, I, I, I cannot in good conscience promote those kinds of views on this podcast. Uh, anyway. All of this to say is that vaccination is going to allow the season hopefully to continue with relatively few hiccups. Hopefully the players stay healthy, are able to stay healthy. And this will also help, as Scott said, it will help the players get to the Olympics. And speaking of the Olympics, we both want to hear what your thoughts are on Olympic rosters. I know we've got listeners all over the world and a lot of these, uh, a lot of our countries will be sending players to the Olympics, assuming everything goes well with, uh, you know, with, with, with the pandemic and, uh, you know, tell us what you think, what are your projected rosters for your country or USA or Canada? What halves do you think will be in the Olympics? Because, I think this is worth discussing until we know the rosters. We, we're going to know the long list relatively soon. It's, I think it's before, I, I feel like it's before the first NHL month is over. I believe at some point in October. And then the uh, final rosters, I believe, are due in January. So there's going to be quite a bit of discussion. I know a lot of people have already come out with their who is going to get picked articles. And I love this kind of stuff. And I know, I know there's going to be some betting between you and me, Scott. Um, and I have not yet decided what punitive uh, thing that I'm going to have you do when Canada kicks the USA's ass. But I'm just so excited about that. Like, and the thing is like, you know, we, we talked about it when the NHL came back, we're like, this is so irresponsible, but I'm so excited to see it come back. It's the same thing. I think it's so responsible to go to the Olympics in a pandemic, but once it's happening, you know, I'm going to watch every single game and I'm going to get so into it. And I'm going to get so excited. And I know 
I know, Scott, that I'm going to emerge victorious from this bet. Well, it's it's USA hockey. So, like, <laughs> of course you are. I at least I'm put a, up some argument. <laughs> I can't. They're they're a clown show of an organization. Like, this is the team that went, hey, you know what? Cole Caulfield's really good at scoring goals off the off uh the wing there and playing in uh by the face-off dots. And at World Juniors, like, what do we just stick him in front of the net as a net front guy, like a bunch of big, dumb, stupid morons? And I, I don't trust them to not screw up the Olympic roster. I don't think they're going to take Jeff Petrie, who I think is better than some of the options they're going to take. I can't wait to see Max Patch ready on the fourth line because reasons. <laughs> it's going to be so stupid. And I'm going to then also find myself sitting on the couch at but o'clock in the morning, watching them play like friggin' Slovenia, like I did in college and getting my hopes up only for Canada to win three, two with Carey price sealing the game and just sob deeply into my coffee. Like I, I know how <laughs> this story no crying goes in baseball, but there's definitely crying in Olympic hockey. And one it's of us just anger and frustration. <laughs> this the, I've never, uh, anyways, I could rant about team USA hockey forever. Am I going to blindly follow them into the abyss of losing? Yes. Uh, am I going to bet on it? Uh, we will check in on that at a later date. Once I see what this team looks like. So, <laughs> and now I feel like I talked a big game. So definitely Canada is going to be eliminated way sooner than anyone thought. And it's going to be a national nightmare and we're going to have to talk about it for four years. But you know, in that vein, we should get some of our friends from across the pond. Uh, maybe Patrick Bexell can talk to us about team Sweden. Maybe we, we can have some, you know, team Finland, team Russia like there are a lot of contenders for this and and quite frankly I you know Canada's really lucky uh, in terms of who they can take but they're they're also it's entirely possible that they simply take the wrong people <laughs> and, and and then we end up with an issue or something goes wrong you know luck plays a huge deal in short tournaments and we'll find out but in the meantime you tell us who you think should be on the Olympic rosters of each country that's likely to send a team and also we have potentially lined up a guest i don't know if we can even say that we've lined up the guest we've reached out to a guest who is going to get back to us we could talk about this kind of stuff with that guest uh throughout the off season and even as we get closer to the olympics in the meantime please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast our next episode is coming out tomorrow we delayed our first episode of the week because it was labor day and we wanted to spend some time with our families and we hope you did too and then our next episode will be tomorrow. And then we will have our Friday mailbag as usual. And don't forget to hit the like, subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. And if you like this podcast, please check out Locked On Bets. It's brought to you by Ben Online. And they have the best advice on what bets to make. And as the NFL season starts up, you know you're going to want that advice. So check out Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. We will talk to you tomorrow.